Hello and welcome to the Pondering Theologian Podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. In today's episode, um, being that it is Advent season still, and I uh, preached this past Sunday from uh, Scripture specifically for Advent, I thought that I would share some thoughts and reflections from that sermon in this episode. Uh, There's four scriptures that I used as motivation for this, um, I guess, this sermon, this this thought progression. Uh, I'm going to give them all to you now. I'm only going to read two right now because I talk about them more specifically, but I do encourage you to always go read all of the scriptures yourself. Uh, First scripture is Psalm 146, uh, 5 through 10. Uh, James chapter 5, verses 7 through 10. Luke chapter 1, verses 46b, so the second part of the verse, through verse 55. And actually, we're going to use Luke 1, 39 through 55, um, really for the the core of this. And then Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to read the Isaiah and Luke for you now. Isaiah chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus and shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy in singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be glory or be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf, deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. The waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk in the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And over in Luke. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For God has looked on me on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is God's name. 
and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offsprings forever. So all of these readings I find quite interesting, and as we get into it, I want to pose to you a question right off the bat, which is, where is the joy in your faith right now? Where is the joy in your faith right now? What is the joy in your Christian experience? Ponder that for a moment, and let us go back to this gospel reading. Uh, This reading follows an interesting encounter with the Spirit I had mentioned, uh, starting back in 39, um, is where we're really going to look. But before that even, uh, the angel of the Lord came and spoke to Mary and gave her the news that she would bear the Son of God. And it says, she got up and went to her cousin's house, Elizabeth. And then starting in that verse 39, it says that when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leapt, and Elizabeth was filled with Numatos Agoyo, which is Greek, and it can be translated as the holy breath, a pure spirit, or as it is commonly translated in uh, several translations I looked at, Elizabeth was filled with the holy spirit. She says, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, and why is it the mother of my Lord should come to me? And she goes on a bit more with adoration and praise, but our reading this morning is Mary's response to all of this. Um, Some people call it uh, Mary's song in the Gospel of Luke. And she says, My soul magnifies the Lord. And the word in Greek here for magnify, megalonoi, megalonai, means to exalt praise, regard highly, to enlarge, or in another instance, to manifest in an extraordinary way. So we could read this verse as, My soul manifests in an extraordinary way, the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in my God and my Savior. Now what an interesting thing to say. My soul magnifies the Lord. As Christians, we, uh, by calling ourselves that, we are literally saying that we are Christ-like. That is the way Christian breaks down. Um, so, in the world since the church was formed at Pentecost, people have been living into this belief system, calling themselves Christ-like Christians. As we are but a short short, short time away from Christmas, uh, the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, I wonder what does that actually mean in our hearts? Now, this past Sunday in Advent uh, is Joy Sunday, where we light the candle of joy around the Advent wreath. And joy means a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Another way to understand the word joy is as a verb, as an action. And in this sense, it is the act of rejoicing, to rejoice. Um, 
short side story here. Many years ago when I was young, I really wanted a pet snake. I was a huge fan of reptiles, still am, and I wanted a snake pretty badly. Now, snakes are one of the few creatures on this earth that my father cannot stand. I've seen him handle rabid animals, swiftly grab people out of harm's way, stand unmoving when wild animals rushed us deep in the woods. Um, but you put a snake at his feet and he will dance like Fred Astaire, swiftly and quickly from that spot. So I was not allowed to have a snake. However, I was allowed to buy a lizard one year and I was ecstatic. I mowed um, as many lawns as I could and shoveled as many uh, driveways as I could to make sure I had the money to take care of it. I had uh, this aquarium with a lid uh, because lizards can climb. Uh, and I quite enjoyed spending time with my lizard, um, aptly named Lizzie. <laughs> well, one winter's night, I did not quite secure the lid, and my lizard escaped, and I could not find it anywhere. Uh, being that it was winter, and my parents kept the house cooler than a tropical lizard required, uh, I was a bit nervous. And about a week went by, and one morning I woke up to quite a loud scream to get myself out to the kitchen. Um, my lizard had crawled up above the pilot light on our gas stove and was keeping warm there. I rejoiced. I tell you, I was so happy to have my lizard back. I jumped, I laughed, I danced, I, and I, I, I think I danced down the hall with my lizard. My mother, who had found the lizard, was not so uh, joyous. Uh, she added a new latch to the lizard cage. As we consider this Advent season, as we consider what it is we believe, who it is we believe in, how are we experiencing and imparting joy? You know, we have those hymns that we sing, joy to the world. But how are we actually experiencing and imparting that joy? How are you as a Christian living a life of joy? In our reading from Isaiah, we hear this description of joy and rejoicing, and I'm going to read it again, because it doesn't always come off quite that way, and I want you to listen for the way that joy is used here. Listen to the way that Isaiah talks about this reason for joy, this response. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, ears of the, of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals, where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk in the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. 
no lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Now, do you hear the way that it's talking about this joy? Isaiah specifically is talking about the reconciliation of God's people, talking about the Israelites coming back and being reconciled to God. Um, and you can uh, Wikipedia more information about that or look in a study Bible to get more background there. Um, but I want to turn to my two favorite verses in this section of Isaiah, uh, which is the first and the last verses that we read today. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. When we think of Christmas, uh, when we think of this time of our lives, how do we actually enter this season? We only have so many Christmases that we will celebrate in our lives, and that is the honest truth of it. We only have so many gardening seasons, so uh, we become more systematic, more efficient in how we grow our carrots and tomatoes. You know, we watch YouTube videos to be better at it. We only have so many birthdays, so if we don't like cake, we tell our loved ones to bring us a birthday pie instead or cupcakes, so we actually enjoy the celebration. We only have so many summers, so we make sure we get in that travel to the beach, to visit friends, whatever it is, while the, the weather is nice. We only have so many Christmases. We only have a few moments where we explicitly celebrate that God, the creator of all things, became vulnerable and uncomfortable and came to earth as a defenseless baby. Born into God's own creation, God came down in the human form of, uh, as Jesus Christ to reconcile sin that we cannot reconcile. We, like the Israelites in this life, through the things that we choose to do and not do, say and not say, act upon and not act upon, uh, we sin and harm ourselves and others. God came to earth in Jesus Christ and took on that sinful nature so that we, uh, so, that, so this, this sinful nature that we inhabit in our own thoughts and words and actions, uh, God took that on and, and did so because God loves loves you, loves me, loves everything that is. When we come to Christmas every year, this festival, this celebration, these weeks of Advent worship are to praise and rejoice that God loves us so much. How do we respond? How do we hold this Christmas season? Do we truly have joy? Perhaps you've heard it said that love is a verb, uh, love being something described as an, uh, as an action of some form. Um, and love is something that we do. We love our children and how we care for them. We love our friends and the words that we say to them. We love our pets and the time we spend petting and feeding and caring for them. Joy is also an action word. It is also a verb. However, I wonder, as we look at Christmas, 
as we look at this this season and this Advent uh, cycle, um, this week being joy, if we choose to live only into the inner and sometimes stagnant feelings, that, that inner description of joy, which is a feeling of pleasure and happiness. And don't get me wrong, feeling of pleasure and, and happiness at the season, at, at the things that Christmas stands for, is important. These are aspects of who we are and of our faith. However, like peace, how often do we neglect the outward expression? that word expression of joy and simply uh, choose to stay in that stasis of inner happiness for a period. Mary's song starts with that powerful and curious sentence, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mary, the very first person to experience Jesus, says how her very soul magnifies the Lord. And this is not something that was simply an inner feeling. This is something that she lived out. And not to get ahead of the Christmas story, but Mary, who would have been about 12 years old, pregnant outside of marriage, was risking become a societal outcast. She then traveled across great terrain while very pregnant, then gave birth to Jesus in unsanitary conditions in a time period where it was not unusual for mothers not to survive childbirth. And quickly had to get all gathered up and, and flee the country across greater distances to Egypt before finally coming home to family again years later. Mary was going into great hardship, yet on this day with Elizabeth, she sang how her soul magnified the Lord. She did not just mean the happiness that she felt in the way that she chose to live out her life in that magnification of the Lord. Mary was about to magnify God in the way that her faith was carried out in her actions. Mary and Joseph only got one shot to make it to Bethlehem. One shot to make it to Egypt. Mary only got one shot at surviving birth. Mary only got one shot at her life. She sang, my soul magnifies the Lord. Mary's soul magnified God in the way that she accepted the call to be a vessel for God. Mary's soul magnified God not only in the way that she spoke praise to God, but in the way that she acted upon that call and the way that she acted out that praise. Mary rejoiced at the gift she was given. Mary rejoiced at the birth of her Lord. Mary rejoiced. How are you rejoicing now? As we are here with this candle of joy uh, in, in, in this week of uh, joy in Advent, how are we not only experiencing joy in our hearts and our souls, but how are we magnifying that to the world? How are we living into our calls as Christians to be Christ-like, to follow the examples of those before us? We are not guaranteed tomorrow, friends. Then it may be uncomfortable, but this may be any one of our last Christmases. Some people may not make it to Christmas. Our last celebration of the birth of the Lord and Savior being born into human form to someday die for our sins. That is what Christmas is. It's a celebration of that Savior being born. And in the reading from James, um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but in there James says, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at 
hand. How have you established your heart? How are you living a life rejoicing, celebrating Jesus Christ? Rejoicing at the gifts of God in our lives. Rejoicing like the very desert in Isaiah. Rejoicing and blossoming like the crocus. Dear siblings and and God, today is the day the Lord has made. Let us truly mean it when we say, let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I challenge you today to go out and, and, and through your actions, show joy. If you feel it, let your soul magnify the Lord and let your actions be full of joy so that those around you see that you truly believe. And if you don't feel joy for this season, for Jesus Christ, for your Savior, seek to answer why. Why do you not feel so much joy that you wish to share it with those all around you? We are going to call it there for today. It's a lot of questions to unpack. And as always, at this time of year, it gets very busy. And I want to encourage you, to implore you to sit down and examine these questions. Examine this, um, the way that joy is manifest in our heart. And ask, do we truly rejoice? Do we truly work to magnify God in our very souls? So, we'll call it there. I would love to know what your your thoughts are on this episode, on what we talked about. And I would love to hear your perspective uh, on this episode or any episode in the past. And of course, I'd be... Happy to hear what you'd like to hear covered in the future. I will be taking a break from seminary here for about a month, and I'll have a little bit of time to focus in on different uh, episodes or questions that people might have. So down in the show notes is all the contact for the podcast. You can reach out on email, social media, um, comment on the episode over at the website. Reach out, let me know. As always... I hope that you are doing well. Know that God loves you so very much. And there is nothing that you or anyone else can do about that. And we'll see you in the next episode.